Ooh, greetings. Happy spook Sember, uh, all you crazy listeners. <laughs> spook Sember. <laughs> I'll take it. Today we're talking about a the hit the hit horror movie of 2022. The seriously the biggest horror movie of the year, the biggest R-rated movie of the year. Uh Paramount Pictures Smile. Da, da, da. All caps. Is this actually okay? Real question, James. Oh wait, is J? Ja- Fuck. Is James your name in this? Yeah, it is. For some reason, I got fucked up in my head because with me is Adam. You using... forgot who I and who he is. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm here. Uh, James, was this actually? Would you? Is this the top movie of uh, uh, of the year? Yes, Adam. This is the the not only the highest grossing movie of the what they're calling the pandemic period. It's also the highest grossing R-rated movie of this period, the end of this year, and the highest grossing horror movie in several years. That's insane. I'm having trouble swallowing and stomaching that right now. But all right. (laughs) Uh, It had a really good trailer. I mean, I guess the Gen Z people saw this trailer and they're like, this is the scariest shit I've ever seen. I've got to go see it. Actually, I wrote an intro for Smile. Here it is. Smile is a totally original new horror movie. This movie really sticks with you. You could say it follows you from the theater. Smile was a modest box office hit. You could say it's the happening horror movie right now. (laughs) In the battle for horror picture of the year, Smile has really entered the ring. There are 1408 reasons to see this again. Completely original and not at all derivative movie. Yes, this is a completely original idea. James, I think that was a wonderful intro. Holy shit. How is this the highest grossing film? I don't yeah, know. You, Adam didn't know what that until f- just now. I blew how? his mind with that info. Yeah. There's so much quality horror that's come out. And this piece of fecal matter. It's not great. It's not great. That. But to be honest with you, based on all of that and based on, you know, the people that I trust their opinion of horror movies, then they said they didn't like it. I expected this to be much worse than it was. And like a lot of it is bad and a lot of it is stupid, but there actually was stuff in it that I liked. You know what? It's, it was right on the cusp of being okay. <laughs> like, like missed opportunities are currently like lowering that score down massively for me. I would understand if um, it was just bad. I would probably rate it higher, but it's, it's like right on that line of, of uh, could be good. Right. Could have been great in some ways, even even with its derivative ideas, it could have been good. Uh, and it's not so uh, to me. Well, as so far as conventional horror movies this past October, it was this movie and then it was Halloween Ends. And we're not going to talk about Halloween Ends or the three Halloween movies. They've all sucked, in my opinion. I don't want to talk about them. This movie was at least yeah, a lot better than Halloween Ends. OK, you know what? Uh, fine. We agree on that. But but worse than many other smaller independent horror films, which also came out this year, which we already talked about on this show. Yeah, some of which were absolutely incredible. You know what else too? Okay, I you know I don't know if you felt this way. I did feel this way. Um, I felt like a lot of the cast was like really hard phoning it in, um, and it didn't feel like a movie that that should have happened in. Well, let's talk about the cast here. Uh, 
We've got, I don't know if her name is Susie or Sozie. I had this conversation with my dad. I, I forced him to watch the movie too. Uh, Susie Bacon, hilarious name, daughter of, of course, Kevin Bacon, uh, is the main character. Her name is Dr. Rose Cotter, and she's married to A-Train from uh, The Boys, which I enjoyed a lot. I enjoyed seeing him on screen and thinking about A-Train and thinking about The Boys. And I also liked Adrian. I also loved the boys. Um, I could. I realized that he was actually being Adrian. He's being typecast as like a selfish, insensitive guy. Yeah, kind of. I guess so. And we didn't really have any character development in this movie. So um, he was literally just that. Uh, but it felt very much like the Adrian performance, like like indecipherable. So, yeah, I don't know if he's one note or the roles he's getting are one note, but little weird i hey i loved the boys maybe we could just talk about that <laughs> in terms of like visuals and the way they set up shots it wasn't that bad it wasn't that boring it was a tiny bit interesting but nothing special i couldn't i, I couldn't i couldn't disagree more okay <laughs> okay i couldn't disagree more all right before before we go on i can't there were a lot of like upside down establishing shots and stuff yes but which did not lead, set up, or have any <laughs> no, anything in the movie. Yeah. They had no meaning. <laughs> they were like, hey, guys, I, I saw this one time in a different movie. What if we spun the drone upside down? There is a lot of that. There's a lot of like, we fed a bunch of successful movies to an AI script writer. Oh, and they that, came wait, out with This is smile. amazing. This is amazing. <laughs> I literally have that down in my in my notes. This movie feels like an AI wrote it and then an intern tweaked it. Yeah. I, well, it borrows heavily from horror movies that I do like. Uh, and, and I'm sure I'm going to talk about that nonstop. So the other thing that I did not like about this movie was the really generic and bland score um the music was really bad the music would be constantly insisting that something scary is happening like they'll be playing scary as fuck music while the shot is on a door in an office and then the main character opens it and comes through and nothing happens but but once again it 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 felt like hey i saw this in a movie once why don't we do it but they, they forgot that like when when you when you have that setup on something boring like an office door there has to be a payoff. <laughs> like, <laughs> something has to happen or like, or if it doesn't happen, at least establish this weird pattern that's throwing me off. It honestly felt, uh, it felt completely random. Honestly, I, I kind of think that like the zoomers got falsely advertised too. Cause like, if you watch this trailer, it's nothing but like spooky, scary smiles throughout, but they actually, I think showed a lot of restraint with the spooky smile throughout the course of the film, the film, we should also say two hours long, much too long. It, there's tons of lingering shots. And during those, I would make an offhanded remark to my dad. I'd be like, ah, they're just trying to get to 90 minutes, but no, they went all the way to two hours. So who knows uh that it, overly long yeah anyway, i'm gonna i'm gonna shush up there's plenty of stuff that I, i'm gonna i'm gonna you know i'm gonna try to step back now i'm gonna calm down that's yeah that's our spoiler free uh, review i think <laughs> it's not a great movie um and instead of recommending this movie i would recommend several other movies many i name dropped in my intro uh, it, but this was the biggest movie, uh, the biggest horror movie of the year for sure. Biggest R-rated movie worldwide of the year. So, uh, maybe you've already seen it. I, 
I, maybe, I don't know. Art is supposed to move you, right? That the movie is art. That's right. This move, yeah. this moved me <laughs> to rage and disappointment, which are emotions. I think you, you really, you were a lot easier on this movie before you found out it was the biggest horror movie of the year and the biggest R rated movie of the year. And then I think you suddenly started to hate it a lot more. Oh, that's true. That's true. You know what? That's a hundred percent true. I'm not going to argue about that. that. That is tainting. Oh, I'm just upset now. Okay. Let's, let's, let's roll in. All right. Well, first an ad and then the, the thing. Okay, good ad. And now uh, we're going to go and review this movie, Smile 2022. Again, biggest horror movie of the last couple of years of the pandemic, that is. Can, can, are and, you trying uh, <laughs> to, are you baiting it now? Are you trying to make me more upset? <laughs> Let's, can we stop saying that? I don't, oh my God. Either Susie or Sozie Bacon stars as Rose. She's a mental health professional at an underfunded mental health facility, and she has a heart of gold and a tragic childhood. You see, as a child, she discovered her mother having already committed suicide, and that's actually the shot the movie opens up on, which, like, when I, I was like, yeah, that's an interesting shot to open up on. Yeah, that a stupid horror movie usually would do something stupider. Yeah, okay, but, fair enough, but, okay, could... Yes, but th- this is where you, the the kind of uh, the negative feelings I have is like it's being right on the cusp. I really would have loved to get to know and love that the character of her as a kid like a little bit more, so that I actually felt something when uh, when the, you know when it got to the the, the grim part. Like imagine yeah, if we opened I mean, up, like a you're slice just of life. Yeah. yeah, imagine we opened on a slice of life with this little girl, right? And then we got to see like five or six minutes of, of runtime of like her day with like subtle hints that something's wrong. A sister who isn't present, you know, like family photos of people who just clearly aren't there. Like yeah. tough shit, right? Set up that creep. And then you get to the part, then, you know, do what you got to do. Um, right. Instead, just, the opening shot really is like dead woman, messy bedroom, little kid, fade to Rose, Dr. Rose. Which that feels like a like a uh, like a cable TV channel movie to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's almost like it's like, okay, wow. (laughs) Got it. So Rose begins her day uh, by having a interview, a meeting with a very frightened young woman. See, this woman's acting illogically. Uh, but she's actually a PhD candidate. She says that uh, she name drops that and she's seeing things. And so she has this expo dump. It's very scary. The music's telling you it's really scary. And something is after her. There's some kind of monster. Sometimes it's a random person. Sometimes it's somebody she knows and it follows her, you might say. Uh, and, and it always does a spooky smile at you every time. Yeah. A little, <laughs> a little long winded on the, uh, script but you know it was kind of it was kind of good the performance is good i liked the, uh, you know it, it, that was a reoccurring theme in the movie to me too is um a lot of the, the kind of bit characters um i felt like the performances were quite good uh like they did a great job i kind of noted that several times and she uh yeah i was kind of into this i was kind of getting a little creeped out i was uh, feeling a little happy i was like oh, okay i mean she's selling it Rose tries to use therapy to, to cure this girl of her mental illness, but uh, instead she just starts flipping out and then she slices her throat from ear to ear using a piece of a broken vase and she's smiling, the scary smile, and then cherry Kool-Aid is pouring out of her throat. <laughs> it looks really bad. 
<laughs> it did look pretty bad. The, the effects in this were very rough. Um, I don't know. Okay, I want, I want, I want your perspective. Let's let's settle on this scene for a second because I think there a lot of the entirety of this movie could be encapsulated in this scene over its whole course, right? How yeah. did you start this scene and how did you finish the scene? Like in your head? Well, maybe it was different for you, but I was like, oh, this is the part of the trailer. I know exactly what's going to happen because they gave away all of this in the trailer. Okay. Did not see the trailer personally. So you're right. Um, but uh, I don't know. Were you, was, were you, was the, did this hook you? Were you hooked no, in? It, well, it's okay. The, no, the first part of the scene was them like actually kind of setting up a vibe. Like I was sort of sold on that. Like the kid's story was creepy. The delivery was great. The acting was good. The writing was, uh, it happened. Um, and then we're just going to go to like this weird gross out thing that felt totally out of place in like the vibe building part of the movie. And then after the girl dies, it fades to black. And then the, the logo for the movie flashes bright on the screen, red on black, like eh, eh, smile, smile, smile. And I was like, okay, well, maybe this is weird. Yeah, no, it just felt weird. It just felt wildly out of place again. Um, kind of tough. All right. Yeah. I don't know. There's nothing else to be said about that. It's just like, this is when I started to feel like, all right, uh, I don't, I don't know if the person at the helm of this ship knows where we're going. <laughs> not sure. Next up, Susie gets interviewed by two detectives who really do not show much empathy for what just happened to her. Uh, and that's going to be a recurring theme for the rest of the movie. She just watched someone die in an extremely horrible way. Uh, and and it like literally happened 15 minutes ago. And they're like, yeah, whatever. She's dead. That sucks. Well, it was One awkward of these to the point. Go ahead. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought that they were bad cop, good, or good cop, bad copying there. <laughs> or something like I thought there was like a strategy or like they were trying to see if maybe like she was like a like the murderer somehow or something like a murderer was I guess a murderer I don't think they they did not uh they were not investigating murder um I thought we get yeah, some context clues though actually you talk about good cop bad cop one of the cops mm -hmm. has history with Rose they were romantically linked or something uh what are the odds and then the other one is just like a dick he just has no, he hates the mentally ill. He's like, yeah, whatever. She was crazy. She deserved to die. <laughs> he is very hateful. Uh, I was, it was very awkward. Once again, I thought they were setting up some sort of like plot device or something, but it was just bad writing and extremely forced feeling acting. Rose even says like she was smiling when she did it. And the, the mean detective is like, wow, what a crazy bitch. And I was like, oh, <laughs> maybe, well, maybe this movie has themes. Hmm. Mm, mental illness. Yep. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Slapping that in, in our faces repeatedly. We get an upside down establishing shot. Mm, like they did in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that in the ring one time. Uh, we should do that. Can you drone go upside down, uh, Tom? Susie goes what. home to her amazing house and her cat mustache. Nice cat. Does, does not pet the cat. I'm coming home. Noted. Nothing happens for a little bit. There's some like lingering shots. She does see a ghost and I liked the ghost in this shot. I thought it was pretty spoopy and if they didn't do a jump scare, they will do a bunch of them, but not this time. The ghost is just in the frame and you get scared. That was the, this was well done. And once again, though, we, we get a little bit of like vibe building and like creepiness. Um, and then I'll let you continue for when it gets washed away. And then a train comes home and he's, it's, 
like I okay, I know the character A Train is just the character in the boys, but he does the exact same performance as he does in the boys. Identical. And so but I really like him in the boys, so I didn't mind, but I was taken out of the action in all of his scenes, just thinking about him and the boys being like, you know, uh, I'm gonna use my super speed to save my wife from this ghost. Like <laughs> I would pay to see that. I wouldn't pay to see this, but I would pay to see that. Together they go on a double date with her sister and her brother-in-law. And I was like, you just watched a person die. Why are you going out to dinner? <laughs> well, okay. Remember when the, so, uh, so A-Train asks if uh, she wants to skip it, right? Right. Because like, he's like, and you just watched you someone say brutally yes. die. Yeah, obviously you don't even yes, ask that like, question. It's just taken for granted. You just say, so yeah, of course we're canceling dinner tonight, honey. Yeah, exactly. And and she goes, oh, no, my insert sister's name um, already got a sitter. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, look, OK, you know what? I don't want to hate. You know, what? I'm going to I'm going to do what I said earlier. I'm going to step back. I'm going to cool down. OK, I got to ease up on this movie. I got to give it some it's breathing room. So they open up dinner by telling them the story <laughs> of the girl who killed herself. And then they immediately start browbeating Rose, that is her sister and brother-in-law, into changing careers <laughs> and selling her dead mother's house. And it's just like, geez, this is the best dinner ever. <laughs> I can't, man. Oh. oh but, but I have to say, talking about themes, in this scene, her sister, who we think is just like a catty bitch, is telling her, Oh, you need to change careers. You're wasting your potential over there. Just taking care of sick people like your mother Teresa or something. And you think like, oh, what a, what a, um, one second. What's the word I'm looking for? Irritating. What a busybody getting involved in her life. But then actually get to the end of the movie. It's like, oh, maybe sister's not that far off the mark. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Oh man. I was looking for a neck pun. We'll get there. The next day at work. Uh, the detective that she has a history with comes back to offer his condolences, kinda. It was weird. Um, uh, yeah, I didn't get that. Did, did you catch why he was there? Was it just to see her, or was there an actual reason? He's just he's checking up on her. He's the only one who realizes that, like, if you watch a person die, you might feel bad for a while. But then well, he also makes sense. He's like her. a cop, right? So that actually makes some sense. Later on, she takes a call from the same sister who's reminding her to buy a birthday present for her nephew. The birthday's coming soon. She sees the ghost outside again. Spooky. And then when she sees one of her regular patients, who's like a doddering old man, he's smiling at her. And then he freaks the fuck out. Yeah. Um, that was once again, that, like, that the, scene, the bit parts were pretty well acted. Like, that guy was uh, creepy. I did honestly, I'm, I have to disagree with you. I did not find the old man creepy. I found him uh, unintentionally funny. He looked to me like he's from Tim and Eric Central Casting. <laughs> okay. Okay. He did look like he was from Tim and Eric Central Casting. Like visibly. I don't know. I thought, I thought he's okay. He's the guy that was in the, one of the first scenes where he was like whispering to himself, right? Same guy. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, but he, he is like featured he okay. in my favorite scene. So. Yeah, or I think he did okay. Like, <laughs> oh, I can't. Oh, you just had to say Tim and Eric Central Casting. I can't. It's so true. It's so true. 
Rose's boss is Cal Penn uh, from White Castle, and he blames her for what happened with her regular just now, even though all, literally all she did was say hi to him, <laughs> that he freaked out. And so for this reason, and not for the reason that she just saw someone kill themselves, but for this reason, she's put on paid leave. Which is definitely like the responsible thing to do. He should have done it yesterday. It's wild that she's back to work. I felt like it was, the doctor was going to have a bigger role. I don't know why. Maybe because like I knew his face in the back of my mind, and I was I was a little confused when it was just like a random speaking role where you don't do anything or or care. That was a little weird to me. It was a little weird. Yeah, he did not have much to do in this movie, but I mean, the small amount that he had to do, he did fine. I, anybody could have done that role, and so it was a little weird that it was Cal Penn. Yeah, he did fine. It was it was very weird. We built some tension for the next couple minutes. Nothing's really happening. She goes home. She buys a. She goes to the train store and buys a gift for her nephew. Then she drinks a, a, a glass of wine at home, and then her alarm goes off. And it, it, when she looks around, she sees her back door is slightly askew. She gets a call from her home security company and they start to say spooky shit to her. They're like, she's like, I don't think there's anyone in the house. And the security assistant's like, are you sure? I thought that was good. I liked that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, because this, this was this was what they tried to do really well and kept almost doing correctly is like the vibe build. Right. Like I felt like a little bit like. It's interesting. It's like they were they were trying to do A24 uh, and failing, but then also trying to do Bloomhouse and wildly succeeding at the same time. Uh okay. Uh they were the problem is since we since we both now know a lot about Bloomhouse, um the the concept here, right? They shot for like some kind of like weird psychological high concept, right? Um, but that's the part they but failed it's, with the Bloomhouse so model. But it's so trailerable, though. That smile, a filter, you know. Th- that's true. It is wildly trailerable. Um, and that's probably, you know, why it's the uh, thing that we won't mention again. Yeah, well, and honestly, not that many smiles throughout the movie. All the smiles in the movie pretty much showed in the trailer. Do you think that the 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 smile enjoyers who went to see the movie to see the constant smiles, do you think they were disappointed? Yeah, smile fans are actually probably going to take issue with this movie. Yeah, like, well, I'm going to need 150% more smiles uh, to enjoy this, okay? I'm sure there's a thousand Reddit posts about it. A-Train comes home and then berates her for being such a spaz because it was all hallucination. And again, it's just like, dude, she... Just she might be a little jumpy because she watched a person die. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, stop I, harping on that, but the movie really does not care about that. Not at all. There's no empathy. <laughs> it was a very strange thing, you know, like when you're watching a movie um, and you see something that for some reason triggers you to think about the writer, um, not yeah. in like a good or bad way, but in a way of like, wow, this this writer is literally writing this uh, with the intention of no one showing any empathy to anyone else, or the writer has no empathy, <laughs> like. One of those two things is true. Um, it was very strange. And, and the, the A-Train performance of that was like spot on. Right? <laughs> it really was just like A-Train came home. He's like, Rose, what are you doing? I was just at Vaught Tower. I came here because the security <laughs> system went off. Don't you know how important um, my work is? You're messing everything up for me. <laughs> they kicked me out of the seven. <laughs> Can you believe it? That night, she looks for but cannot find her beloved cat mustache. Dun dun dun. This is the this is the only time in the movie where I felt legitimately worried. I wanted to know what happened to mustache. 
And then she wakes in the night because she has a nightmare about her dead mother. And so she stays up all night trying to examine the audio from that incident with her, that victim. And as she's going through it, she gets jump scared by a zombie version of the dead girl. And literally she like burps in her face. She's like, blip. <laughs> okay. This was actually, I, this was probably the, the spookiest jump scare for me. I don't know why. Uh, I did actually like jump a little bit. Um, I thought this, to me, this was the fun one. The cheap scares, the cheap scares, they are cheap. The jump scares here are very cheap, I would say. Sometimes they will just smash cut to something not scary happening, but with like a musical stinger. And it's just like, well, so I I supposed to be scared by that cut? (laughs) This is, this is dollar store scares. Like, um, but it's weird because they, okay, they spend a bunch of time building a vibe, making me creeped out a little bit, like feeling that and then they're just like dollar store scare and they throw it all away like they just take their tension and they throw it into the dollar store bin and it's the weirdest thing to me i can't imagine why they would do that next rose goes to see her therapist the therapist character is extremely underwritten and does not get to like they put her in here and put her in two or three scenes just so that rose could say a little bit of better backstory but then they didn't even do that very much so I really think that Ether should have expanded the therapist or written her out. Uh, she's hardly in the movie at all. But anyway, the therapist uh, tells her, of course, because of what happened and all the work she's been doing, and she's got a very hard job. She's probably just experiencing, you know, a little bit, a little bit of psychological stress manifesting itself in extremely vivid waking hallucinations. You know, like we all have when we're a little stressed at work. Yeah. Oh my god, college all time. Next, we go to a birthday party. This is a very unintentionally hilarious scene. Uh, Throughout the birthday party, the soundtrack is hammering to our heads that something scary is happening, even though nothing is. They're like (laughs) singing happy birthday and blowing candles. It it did feel like it was like the whole time, too. Like an inordinately long amount of time to hold fake tension for. And then when her nephew goes to open up the gift from Rose, it is not a train set, but of course mustache Susie's no, dead cat. No, mustache. <laughs> I was pissed. Yeah, you I hate when the horror movie liker. kills the animal. Yeah, I sucks. hate that. It's fucking awful. Um, That's trash, man. Why'd you gotta go and do mustache like that? That was a cute cat. And clearly, that cat was getting neglected. Main character, worst part, I lost all care or empathy when she walked in that house and didn't pet that cat. Walked right past him. Disgusting. Everyone is horrified and disgusted with Rose, which causes her to freak out and say that it's not her. Someone's doing this to her. She's freaking out. Then she trips and like. Why did this, this even like happen? Peter Griffin moment. She trips and falls into a glass table, which leaves <laughs> shards of glass sticking what? out of her arms. So she lifts what? her arms up and is just like, Wah! which is very brutal and very scary. But again, like unintentionally funny the entire thing from the cat birthday gift to the screaming very strange and served no narrative purpose it just happened it was just like well let's put her through a table right well it's just it's her further descent into madness dead cat now it's like psychological horror is not enough so we got to put her through a table she winds up back at the hospital cow pen shows up and he's concerned a train takes her home and when they get home she decides to open her heart to him and tells him about the vivid hallucinations and uh uh the spooky ghosts and obviously like anyone would he thinks oh well you're crazy and you need to get help 
But then he goes way further than any normal person would. He's like, you're crazy, just like your crazy mother. And uh, I looked into how she died, and I always knew that you would go crazy too. Like mother, like daughter. And it's like, damn, A-Train, you're a dick in every movie. <laughs> Do you think that this was a um, this was like a failed attempt by the creators to make us think like, oh, what if he is the smile guy right now, right? Or not. Do you think this was like a failed attempt at creating tension by making him that unimaginably rude and awful to his wife? No, I, to me, I, well, I was like, of course, this is how a train would respond to this situation, right? <laughs> you're crazy. You're ruining my life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's funny. The movie asks itself uh, shortly. Uh, I think a train says to her, like, well, then why are you even with me? And that's what I was yeah. asking about the writer's choices. <laughs> like, why? Why? Why would you be in a marriage with this person? But then at dinner, he was also when they had the dinner scene with the sister, he de- he defended her, he backed her up. He was actually really nice. So it's I, I didn't know what to think. I was like, uh, is this supposed to like be yeah, scary? It might be the malignant the influence guy, of like, the smile affecting the people around her. Who knows? Um. So later that night, A Train is asleep on the couch, uh, and Rose stays up and she's researching the first victim in her office. And then she found finds out, oh, she had a professor who committed suicide in front of her. She actually said that in the session. So she tracks down who that professor is. and But then she sees a ghost. She's a ghost. And then we get another really bad. We get a jump scare now from ghost to car coming right at us. But it's false drama because she's just crossing the road. That one was that was the worst jump scare. That sucked. That, that sucked pretty hard. Also, I still don't get this. I want to hear from you. Um, is it that she blacked out for that full period of time between the cuts? Like the, like the demon. This happens like again. And I, again, or? I was like, what is the, uh, is, so from her perspective, is she cutting to the next day? Like, <laughs> That's yeah, exactly. I had no idea. It was so weird. Um, yeah. But then it never I noticed that again. too. I didn't like that. No, it happened one more time. Uh, oh, okay. It's happen? real dumb. It's like, what is it? So what happened? And, and then the ghost was like, okay, see you later. And then I got up, cooked dinner, went to bed, next day, crossed the road. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't figure out. I was like, because the camera's always on her the entire movie, right? Um, we don't we don't have any like real perspective shifts. So yeah, I guess that the intention there is that is her perception. That's like a pretty big thing that this entity can do to you. Like make you skip no, like 18 hours of your it's life. It's just lazy editing. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just completely just fill no in fucks the gaps. given. Yeah. Right? <laughs> completely no fucks given. So the next day she goes to meet this professor's wife and it's Carla from Scrubs. Again, all I could think about the entire time when she was on screen. Also a part that anyone would play. Yes. And, and also why is it Carla from Scrubs? Yeah. Yeah. So why Carla? She's okay. Anyway, not important. She does a fine job in this role. Yeah, she's great. Um, He had the same sort of mysterious symptoms that she had hallucinations, thought he was going to die. And as she kind of needles Carla for more information, she realizes, oh, this is a she she's crazy the same way my husband is and throws her out on the street. Which, uh, again, strange reaction. You'd think she would want to help this person if that's how her husband died, but whatever. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. Uh, didn't make any sense whatsoever. Like, not even a little. Couldn't, could not be interpreted as normal human behavior. Also, a really funny detail of this conversation with Carla. We see the guy's face. They cut to it very quickly again, like the ring. And then they cut back and, and uh, 
she's like, I had to go to the downtown to identify him. And it's, and they showed me his mangled face. It's like, so he died <laughs> at work, presumably ID in his pocket in front of a witness. And they still made his wife ID <laughs> his deformed yeah. corpse. That was brutal. Thanks. please. I, oh my God. I now who's being, uh, I, you know, this is where I think I maybe be even being more generous than you, I guess at this point, like subconsciously, like I didn't even question that. <laughs> That's crazy. James, were you, were you, as you, as you watched this film, were you, uh, were you finding yourself nitpicking those ridiculous continuities and like, no, I mean, I, it was just, it was funny. Cause there's a lot of stuff in here that's forced like that. It's yeah. like, they made me look, go down in an idea's body. It's like, what, no, that wouldn't happen. He, he didn't get eaten by a shark. <laughs> right. And it, there's anyway. no reason why it had to happen. Right. Like it's, it's like, just, okay guys, we have to put another horrifying moment in has to happen with nowhere left to go uh rose goes to meet her ex-lover that detective i never caught his name did you adam no okay he was just that guy right so of course with no other options she turns to her ex-lover and she shows him the videotape uh with the ring on it no i mean she tells him about the smile curse and uh he uses his cop credentials to like pretty much just google that professor and apparently the professor also saw someone commit a suicide it was like a real estate agent in an elevator we got to see the crime scene photo for that one too pretty grisly then turns out real estate elevator woman also saw someone else commit suicide in public this time we get the security cam footage for that uh it looks terrible it looks like the found footage little segments in the movie the happening and literally the dude is this woman's pumping gas and the guy's like hey lady and walks over and cuts his throat with hedge clippers very silly <laughs> yeah but again like uh, this is the happening this is the, this shit straight from the happening copy paste the next scene was really nonsensical Rose goes to try to convince her sister of all this for some reason. Her sister, who, even when they were on good terms, were not really able to communicate about simple things like her mother's house. And now after the cat incident, she's going to try to convince her sister that ghosts and curses are real. Genuinely uh, asking, was there like <laughs> any plot motivation that I missed for why she would go to her sister's house? Well, I think she's just grasping now for any kind of support she can get. Okay, because she's like she's got like the files in her arms with like the guy whose you know face has been mangled by hammers. She, presumably, she's about to roll those out. What is her in sister going to do kid? for her? Yeah. Like, <laughs> anyway, this is just a plot contrivance so that the two of them can talk about their shared trauma and their unresolved family issues. Um, the actual issue of her being cursed is like they they get over that and, and on to different topic very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, talking about that for a no second one cares. And, and then they're fighting about something else um and then eventually her sister slams the door on her and nothing was accomplished <laughs> like like she's no better off than she was uh and and so she gets back into her car and actually we see her sister maybe having a change of heart walks over to the car and this was the jump scare i liked and then her head falls over like it's swinging from a hinge and she's smiling and i'm slightly scared <laughs> i laughed the entire this this whole thing i just laughed <laughs> that one, so i mean hard. i was i was a little scared and then also laughed at it because it was kind of a wacky yeah. visual we knew but it, that's a, it was like a benny hill moment yeah right yeah. like some clown music in the back bum, bum, ba, da, 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 da. like it okay 
you knew the scare was coming. I think like they, they, they signaled it right with music. Um, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, 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 ten, the tension. Okay. You know what? Fine. It was, it was an okay jump scare. I didn't, I wasn't scared, but I, I, it was creative. It was, it was so weird, so insane. And I've never seen that specific effect, uh, used in a movie like this. So yeah, it was fun. It was good. That's all I gotta say. Did you like it that much, James? Did you love it? I liked this? it a little bit. It was all right. You loved it. So then uh, the cop friend, ex-boyfriend, catches up with her. And through his research, he's uncovered a a chain of suicides 20 people long. But actually, he's also discovered that one person uh, in the middle of the chain is still alive. Uh, he witnessed a suicide, but he did not commit suicide himself and said he caused an awful murder uh and is still alive so they're gonna go check they're gonna check out his story and see if they can find a way to save rose and i thought that that was an interesting plot development and i kind of like this scene okay yeah but like uh, okay so it, it was fine i thought this was like okay cool um but this is like sort of feeding into a second narrative right i think there's two two running narratives in this film the one is woman is being haunted by a dangerous entity that's like through line narrative one. The second narrative is woman investigates entity. And those are two kind of separate movies. Uh, like those are different ideas to me. Yeah. So, and like the two do not overlap when she's investigating. She doesn't get spooked. And when she's spooked, she doesn't learn anything. Exactly. So it felt super weird. It felt like watching two different movies. Um, or like if you have um, an unmixed bowl of cookie dough, but in movie form, like all the components are there in very strange ways, but nothing has been like put together or made into a cohesive sum. They go to see that guy in prison. And at first it doesn't seem like he has much valuable information, but after the cop walks away, he tells her that you don't necessarily have to commit suicide. The point is to just inflict enough trauma onto the next victim so that the curse can be passed. And again, like, Oh, themes. Hmm. Um, And, and when she accidentally lets it slip that she's the one under the curse, he freaks out, horrified he'll get cursed again, and that he gets taken away. Uh, the cops just take him away for getting too emotional, even though clearly she did something to agitate him. <laughs> I thought that was a little yes. unfair. Don't worry, ma'am. Uh, 30 days in the hole will calm him down. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you come back around later, we'll let you have a couple punches. Rose goes home. Um, yeah, that was hard to say. Rose goes home and continues to obsess over the case. Her therapist shows up and wants to commit her. And, and Rose is very upset about this. And they talk a little bit about her mental state. But then her real therapist calls on the phone. What's this? How can she be there and on the phone at the same time? Uh, it's <laughs> yeah, the smiling that, ghost. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Not is that it a ghost. Guy? <laughs> anyway, uh, the therapist is now smiling menacingly and attacks her and has her by the throat up against the wall. And then that scene has no resolution. We just cut to the next scene. <laughs> yeah, it didn't make it. She's just sitting in her car and like everything's okay-ish. So what, again, what the- like, did she pass out and then wake up later? No ghost. Uh, did she wake up in bed and this was all a nightmare or did she literally, did her perspective shift to the next day? We don't know. No one knows. No one cares. We're basically is like the, the through line, 
Fine. You know, I, I have a new um, new marketing line for this movie. It's, it's like, smile. No one knows. No one cares. <laughs> like that's that's what it felt like was happening to me. Like the people making this movie, who must have had to watch it. <laughs> like, did did anyone care? I don't know. So this next scene though is my favorite scene of the movie. Uh, Rose goes into her hospital with a butcher knife, and she finds that old man, uh, the disheveled old man, who's clearly terrified of her still. He's screaming, and so Cal Pen arrives. And so uh, this is what happens. She starts savagely stabbing Carl, who's screaming in horror. Uh, and then she starts screaming back and Cal starts screaming. And then the old man starts laughing and Cal Penn starts freaking out, hyperventilating, grabs at his face. And then he's freaking out so much that he rips his face off. <laughs> okay you, you like this scene right like yeah, you really yeah. I, you I really i thought that right? shit was hilarious um okay and yeah, I, yeah. at first i wondered if they were playing it for funny. laughs <laughs> but i think maybe they weren't um i thought that nope. scene was awesome in a certain respect but i don't think they achieved what they were going for uh and it was all a dream it was all a dream that didn't really happen that was the she's, worst part she's back in her car and she speeds away yeah that was the worst part of the scene I thought this yeah, movie they want to have their like, cake and eat it too. They want to show weird shit, but keep the story going. Yeah, like let's oh guys, let's not commit to anything. Um, if they committed to that and that was like a part of the movie, <laughs> I would have found new respect in that moment for this film. Like they, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say it straight. Up, they bitched out. Yeah, they kind of hard did. at every possible time in this film. There were so many things they could have committed to, and everything's a dream. Didn't happen or doesn't matter. I'm so sad. so sad. Rose drives to her mom's old house, which is now completely derelict. So her plan is to kill herself out in the wilderness with no witnesses, which I think is a solid plan, a plan that I myself pitched out loud back when I was watching act one. I was like, well, you just do I. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we literally, I guess we did the same thing. We both like pitched that plan. We're like, okay, this is where the movie should go. Will it? We then apropos of nothing, get a flashback. Uh, of her mom's suicide as it turns out her mom took a lethal dose of medication but then changed her mind at the last minute and then asked young rose to like help her get help so that she doesn't die but rose was too scared and frightened to do anything and her mom died anyway which is extremely traumatizing and effed up and that could maybe uh, explain some things about rose's life i thought this could have been really cool um, I would have loved a tie-in of like the creatures, like you made me like, like somehow that action was like the, the perfect amount of like the kid is actually murdering someone, but is going through trauma and causing trauma at the same time. I thought it would have been cool as hell if like the thing killing people ended up being her mom. Oh yeah. That would right? be really interesting. Yeah. Maybe. That would have been a cool twist. I thought to they were going for like a her, sweet yeah. twist here. And oh, then like I she, didn't consider that. That would have been awesome. Yeah, exactly. Like it is personal. It is about you. I've been I've been basically like following trauma and killing the shit out of people to get to you. Right. To eventually find you. Yeah. That would have been cool. Um, they don't go there though. They don't. No. I'm talking about a movie that doesn't exist. I'm sorry, listeners. <laughs> So this is a weird scene which happens next. 
She's alone in her house. Rose is like preparing to confront the monster, I guess. I mean, this is also similar to It Follows where like they naively think they can fight the monster somehow. They're going to fight a ghost. I was going to say like that movie It Follows is an in, in investig. It, it actually does the blending of investigation and uh, and scares. And this is just happening to these people at the same time. Like, I think if they had stolen more of that movie, this would have been a lot more successful and fun. Eventually, she sees a vision of her mom as she looked the day she died. Her mom starts by apologizing for being a bad mother and for passing on generational trauma themes. But then she goes on to blame Rose for her death. And then, you know what, in a, in a bit of a self-actualization, Rose rightly rejects responsibility for her mother's death and claims that she doesn't deserve to continue to be punished for that and and we do kind of understand now like oh okay that maybe rose's sister was right she was kind of punishing herself working Mm -hmm. that like insanely difficult job taking care of the mentally ill because she couldn't take care of her mom and she bared that responsibility there's like a glint of clever writing there but they you know it, uh, it tied in nicely it did yeah but then her mom turns into a literal monster from Rose's memories and is stalking her through her childhood home and is saying, you know, extremely ham-fisted shit like, you can't escape your own mind. And I forget what Rose says. It's something like, well, she's like, well, it's my, maybe it's my mind or it's my, my baggage, but I control it's it. It's my mind. Yeah. You're trapped in here with me too. Was the right, literal Something mind. like that. Yeah. And she hits her with the kerosene lamp and the ghost catches fire and the house catches fire. Is that how you beat a a haunted house? It is in 1408. It is in Mm -hmm. 1408 where there's also a spirit trying to convince you to kill yourself. (laughs) Another one? Maybe they they borrowed uh, borrowed that. I don't know. I I was like, okay, you know what? This is a serviceable ending. This is like, you know, this is... Got good good job at the the tire factory. You just you did an admirable job making tires all day, right? Like and type we, of shit. We we assume that by confronting her trauma and and not succumbing to fear that Rose is somehow able to resist the curse. Like I I thought at this point, like okay, so it is like a fourteen oh eight situation. The ghost is trying to kill yourself and make you think you don't have power, but actually you always do have the power to like not do it. But right. And, uh, and, This would have been a very clever commentary, too, because it's like, look, it's not that you have to escape trauma or traumatizing someone else. Right. Right. It's that that person has to reject the notion that they have to be in pain for some reason because of that trauma. Right. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. And that that would have been cool. It's like, okay, you beat this monster by like rejecting it and saying I'm in control, like not my emotions. Um, That would have been cool. That would have been like a nice commentary. Right. And then having survived, Rose goes to her ex's house and explains all the character growth that she just had. And it seems like they're about to reconcile. But then, oh, another thing from 1408, the whole triumph and escape was just a hallucination. Uh, In fact, she never conquered her demons. That was all just a cruel ruse to break her spirit. And everything that Adam and I were just saying uh, never truly happened for her. That was all just really uh, just a prank, just a gotcha by the curse, just to make her feel worse. And it works, apparently, because she's back at the house. Her ex is there to help. She tries to get away from him so he doesn't succumb to the curse. But... 
uh, apparently her spirit is broken enough now that she does. And the monster of her mom appears, rips its face off. And then in a, in a not that good looking effect, I mean, I liked this sequence, but again, it didn't look that good. Rose's mouth like unhinges like a snake and the monster crawls into her mouth. And I thought, I mean, I like the, I like this when horror movies, you know, like the Jaws thing at the end, you go all the way, you know? It, kind of, but like, I can't, I didn't feel that sense of completion of the film. Like in like, okay, you go all the way, you show the thing, like you're very graphic. I didn't feel it because every single other thing in this movie was like bitching out, like literally like, Oh God, guys, we, that end, like the, the, the double ending struck me as wanting your cake and eating it too in a negative way. How did you feel about it though? Like, did you like the double ending? Um, yeah, well, it's like they did the happy ending and then they did the bad ending, but damn, I mean, just thematically, the bad ending is such a downer ending for anybody with mental illness, for sure. It's like, there is no escape. We will all die. Like, holy shit. (laughs) It's also the worst way to pay off uh, a horror movie that's about the, the main characters investigating, deciphering and defeating the, the, right. the bad guy. And, and Rose has really, ha- like, she doesn't have a, if she has a critical character flaw, it's that she doesn't value her own life enough. But then she does, like, that's the end of her arc that she comes to mm-hmm. realize that. And then she dies anyway. More or less an innocent character who only was trying yeah. to help other people. <laughs> I genuinely actually wonder if, um, in some places or some countries, not the United States, uh, this might have had like a like a government issued like suicide trigger warning. Yeah, uh, well, like thirteen reasons why or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I wonder um, because this this was some you know um, all jokes and like like cynical aside, like it's kind of fucked up, honestly. Like what this movie ended yeah, up saying yeah. um, about mental I illness agree. and yeah. Well, so she's now she's smiling. It's over for her. Um, and, and she waits in there for her ex to come in. She's pouring gas on herself. And actually, we don't even see her go up because really Rose already dead. She died when she got possessed by the ghost. Uh, so now it is her ex's turn. And I mean, I just want to say very quickly, I thought that that was a very boring way for Rose to go out. Mm-hmm. seeing as how we've been doing like the happening type shit the entire movie but okay just burning yourself um and then over the credits they play the song lollipop lollipop and again going back to the algorithm theory yeah like, it doesn't okay. make any sense <laughs> it doesn't make any sense but but hereditary ended with both sides now and then <laughs> barbarian ended with be my baby so like okay grab a song yeah. from the 60s any song it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> I, I kid you not. And once again, you know, the more we go through this movie, the the like the more down and down into reality uh, of, of this film I am and the less into my like, just I think I'm funny criticism. Um, it, I do feel like this was written by an AI. Like I, better, I might be, even right, be, yeah. I might even be tinfoil hatting on this, that this was better, like better genuinely. songs that they could have picked for if they wanted to pick an old song for the credits. Uh, James Taylor, whenever I see your smiling face, right? That would have been a good one. Yeah, <laughs> or, lots, of, uh, lots of great choices here. Uh, Hall and Oates, Sarah, smile, right? That would have been a good one too. They had a lot of options. They, they really mm-hmm. left uh, all the smile songs on the floor. <laughs> um, no, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing back into it. I, 
I will be the first to pioneer the conspiracy that the highest grossing film of 2022 was written uh, by a uh, an AI. Well, I'm gonna this movie is the, the feature-length film debut written and directed by Parker Finn, who does not even have a Wikipedia. So is that a real name, folks? Or are we dealing with a fake guy? Parker Finn? Come on. That sounds like a comic book character. You can put whatever um you can put whatever name you want in this movie i don't care who directed it fucking wrote it i don't care about any of that i don't care about facts anymore i think this movie was written by uh, an ai because it literally is the amalgamation of if you took some very high grossing low to medium budget horror movies threw them into a blender and uh didn't care about what you were serving to your friends right like that's what it is and it, that feels to me like not a guided human intelligence. Parker Adam, Finn, you, I'm do you have sorry. A, do you have a guess uh, on how much it costs to make this movie? Um, I'm going to say because they really did Bloomhouse, it may be like, it's, it's probably, it's less than 20 million. It's, it is like 17 million. Okay. And it, it I was, made yeah, a hundred million 14. domestic and then it made another hundred million worldwide. Yeah. So you know what, Parker Finn, uh, congratulations yes. on your runaway success. You nailed it, and I fucking hate you, and I think you should never make anything again. Um, I mean, I sign. I kind of feel like maybe a little bit of a kindred spirit here with Parker Finn because he basically just took elements from a lot of my favorite horror movies <laughs> and then amalgamated them into a single one. That's the uh, worst thing ever, though. <laughs> That's the worst thing to do. Oh my god! That the people who wrote and made those those movies that you love, right? Who made that art that you love would spit on this movie <laughs> for that reason. Well, I got to say, like, the, the, this movie, it, it owes a lot to several other movies, but it owes the most probably to the 2002 American version of The Ring, which I honestly, yes. uh, it borrowed so much from that movie. And if you put those two movies up against each other, The Ring is just much better in basically every respect, even yeah, though it's it, an older movie. It's 20 it's years old It's not even now. that it's better. It's, it's like that concept was executed right like it's not about originality even it's like um make your own art don't cut up other people's art and and like like this movie didn't need to to be called smile i think this smile thing is all a marketing gimmick the smile did not even feature that prominently in the movie that that was maybe like three or four people smiled that that was 100 percent the producers like you could have made this entire movie without that gimmick and then it, watch the trailer. It's all the smile face. It's really, it's just, a, it's a bait and switch to get people in the theaters, and it worked really well, just like it did for Paranormal Activity way back when. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but okay, so this I didn't know this either though. This is writer director. Yeah. Okay, so you know, in that case, Parker Finn, the full blame I lay upon you and your doorstep. Uh, once again, congratulations. Uh, yeah. I really hope your license to take movies, if that's a thing, <laughs> is ripped from you, torn up in front of you, and never given back until you have a single original thought in your head. Well, and thank you for coming back on the show, Adam. And hopefully uh, next year, the biggest horror movie of 2023 will be better than this one. But honestly, I, I just based so. on logic, probably not. <laughs> well, maybe the next one will be written by a human being, not, a, not, a, not an AI. 